reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. Hey, we still got 70 degrees outside. Pretty nice. Uh, a little cloudy, some spotty rain. Uh, Jay Coles from Channel 5 in for the mayor today. We've got uh, Rookie Height, Reavers, and uh, Kenny, and the ride with Royce coming your way shortly. Um, I've been talking most of the day about the uh, most important thing that's happened in the news cycle in the last 24 hours in the Twin Cities, a prison uh, employee, a corrections officer, uh, Joseph Gom was uh, murdered inside Stillwater State Prison. First time in the history of Minnesota that that has happened, that an inmate has uh, killed a guard or a corrections officer, I should say, um, in the line of duty. Um, I, I, As I mentioned, I've been doing a series of stories about uh, change in segregation policies and how some of the corrections officers believe that's led to a, a, an increase in assault. I had one um, employee who did a, a silhouette interview. We disguised voice and everything else could protect him and from other uh, inmates and as well as protect his job. And he said, essentially, uh, direct quote in my story in March, if things don't change with these security problems, someone's going to die. Unfortunately, that was prophetic. And uh, normally I'd be excited to tell you we've got an exclusive. Uh, you know, I like exclusives as a reporter. This is a, this is a sad exclusive on Garage Logic. Joining me now on the line is a gentleman by the name of Robert Uren. And Robert uh, spent many years as a corrections officer. He recently retired about six months ago from Oak Park Heights Prison, where they do house the worst of the worst. He was a captain there. Uh, Robert, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us uh, about this. I know this is the first time you've spoken out publicly about this issue correct correct and uh, just a correction i was a lieutenant there no oh, correct the that's that's my bad we're fact-based i appreciate it lieutenant. he was a lieutenant he knew who his parents were right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that robert um right. uh, but you and i have chatted about this for months now and you've decided to come forward and go public and i applaud you for that you know you're going to put your name and face to this and um I'm sure you heard as you were listening to the show. I've laid it all out, uh, Robert. You lived it and worked it. How many years were you at Oak Park Heights uh, as a corrections officer? Uh, for 23 years. Okay, so 23 years. You've seen a few things. You're like the farmer's insurance guy. You know a few things because you've seen a few things, right? Yes, sir. How about how about what I've reported, Robert, so far about the segregation? Sorry to cut you off there, sir. Uh, I, uh, everything I've reported on the segregation policy and the changes. What was your experience as the policy change happened? Tell, tell the listeners what you experienced firsthand. Well, first off, I just want to say how deeply sorry I am to my uh, hmm. brothers and sisters out there and that we're all grieving. And, uh, yeah, um, and it's too bad that it had to come to this. This is ridiculous. And the... the DOC knows full well that they, they've they been warned for upwards of two years that this was going to happen, and then they were just going to make the change no matter what. And I know the discipline unit at Oak Park Heights had warned the administration. They warned Tom Roy as well that, you know, someone you're going to wind up getting somebody killed. And unfortunately, a lot of times uh, supervisors at different facilities and you know, they, they won't speak out because of, you know, sometimes uh, retaliatory things happen and they, you know, we get dismissed even as supervisors. Um, and I could say that you could ask probably 
90% of the employees, the, the boots on the ground, the frontline guys and gals that are doing the job every day, that would tell you that, yeah, they're going to get somebody killed with this. This is, this is insanity. And for those, Robert, who might have joined us just now and didn't hear me in the first hour, explain the change in the segregation policy. And segregation, basically, we're talking about solitary confinement. What changed and how did it change? Well, they went from, they have some sentencing guidelines, or some discipline guidelines, I should say, that when an inmate uh, has a rule infraction, they have guidelines of, you know, how long that the possible sentence and segregation can be. What would it be if they attacked a prison employee? I think they usually started out at about 360 days mm-hmm. and then went from there, you know, depending on if there was aggravating factors or... Because they could injuries. get two years, right? They could get two years. Yes, they could yeah. go up to 720. Right. And uh, the Vera group came into town, and I think they offered up some money to let's do a study and we'll cut seg time in the max because we don't want to... Uh, Mentally abused the inmates. Uh, they call them offenders. I call them inmates. Um, you know, they don't want their, their mental health to deteriorate, so they lowered the, you know, you can only get 90 days. And then if you are still acting out, they'll put you on a status or a step-down program. And Right. And I described, I think, the, I described the step-down program. You, get, you, get, you can still get the 720 days but it, or the 360, whatever they start out with. But you're 90 days, and if you're good, you can get out of SEG in 90 days, right? It's kind of temporary SEG, and then you're out completely if you're still good 90 days later. Uh, but there, but the Department of Corrections has told me it's still the same sentence, Jay, because if they don't improve, we just keep them in SEG. So am I describing it accurately? <laughs> uh, somewhat, I, okay. I would guess. I, uh, you would have to be there to, to, I mean, the Department of Corrections can make anything fly on paper i've seen it um, did, did you warn them did you warn them personally that if they continue with this policy that people might die we all did every one of the supervisors that i know at oak park heights and we were all part of meetings and group meetings and we all expressed that every one of us and they like to the catch the new catchphrase of the day around the doc is they need to have evidence-based programming well, I say now that someone's been tragically murdered. We have evidence-based uh, stuff for ourselves, saying that it's not working, and it was a it's a it's a failure that that does not work. The staff assaults are up through the roof, and I it's incredible because we just had a our Oak Park Heights had a, a serious staff assault here not too long ago. When a sergeant got cut with a razor blade, but that's not uh, important enough to, you know, the, these inmates, if they're only going to do 90 days, most of them, they'll say they can do it standing on their head. And they, so they see it as open season. What you're saying is uh, the inmates are well aware of the change in the seg policy, segregation policy. So they'll, they'll take a run at you because it elevates their status within the prison system among the other inmates. Is that about it? Yeah, absolutely. Then, then there's no penalty now, and they can be right back out with their other security threat group members in 90 days, and uh, you know, running their little gang operations. When you heard yesterday, and you and I talked yesterday, right as this was happening, and shortly after it happened, what was that like for you personally? What went through your mind when you heard Officer Gom had been 
killed? Um, I was extremely angry. I was up, very upset, and I still am today because it's, it shouldn't have happened. There, there's so many things that add up to it. Uh, short-staffed. Um, I was angry. I, was, I wanted to I wanted to cry for crying out loud. It's it's a tragedy, and the, the people you work with in the Department of Corrections, if you're a frontline staff, and I came my way up, I was a CO one, two, three, and eventually wound up as a lieutenant. Those people are family, and that's like someone in your family getting killed. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Robert Uren. He is a 20-plus year veteran of the Department of Corrections here in Minnesota. Uh, recently retired as a lieutenant. I got to get that right. Lieutenant in December of last year uh, at Oak Park Heights, uh, and where they have the worst of the worst. And did did you know Officer Gom personally? Did or did you just kind of know him through uh, the friends you have? Just through the friends I have. But like I say, if you're part of the corrections family, you're family. No matter where you work, and no matter how much time we've spent personally together, you're still family. And and uh, we got to watch each other's backs, and we have to look out for each other because nobody else is going to. Well, we're not done with this. I got a few more questions for you, and I think this is a, a rare opportunity for people in the uh, listening audience to hear what it, you know, hear from somebody who's who's been behind those walls for many years and understands exactly how it works and been in a supervisory role. This is the first time you've ever spoken out publicly about this, and you just felt like after yesterday you contacted me and said, "Jay, it's time." I gotta, I gotta say something and 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 let and let the public know. So I know you, I know you can hang with us. We're gonna take a break. Uh, Robert, Robert Earn is our guest. We're gonna be right back with uh, with with more of this uh, here on Garage Logic. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Jay Coles from Channel 5 sitting in for the mayor today uh, on the line with us. Uh, first time he's ever spoken publicly about uh, what he considers to be unsafe conditions for corrections officers in uh, state-run facilities across Minnesota is uh, Robert Uren. He retired as a lieutenant from Oak Park Heights back in December. Robert, would you say, um, would, is it too, too much, uh, is, it, is it overstating it to say corrections officers are open season right now for these inmates. How, how would you describe it? Is that too, too strong? I was trying to think of how I would sum this up. How do you sum it up right now? What's happening? The same way you do, Jay. Open season. And it shows that staff assaults are... I believe we've had more in the first six months of this year than we've had in the last uh, three, four years combined. And, of course, we're talking about all of this today because... Sadly, yesterday, for the first time in the history of the state, a corrections officer was killed uh, inside a prison. Uh, officer Joseph Gum. Yeah, first one, Officer jo- Joseph Gum. Very, very first one. Um, as you saw in my story back in March, uh, the employee I interviewed said if they don't change things, uh, somebody's going to die. Try to paint a picture for listeners. You know, when, when people are saying, well, what, what, what's in it for these inmates, you know, if they attack a, an employee, they're going to add more time to their prison sentence. What? What's it like behind the, you know, to explain to people what it's like to be living this. So how do they, do they, is it a daily occurrence they're threatening you? I mean, what are you guys up against to give people an idea? And you can speak to Oak Park Heights. Uh, it is sometimes a daily occurrence. I mean, 
there's a lot of management problems. That's why they come to Oak Park, and that's why that prison was built. You know, if they have a management problem in another prison and they couldn't manage them, they were sent to Oak Park Heights. And we, you know, the the discipline there, we had the abilities to have them in segregation for lengthy periods of time. And uh, I believe that that works. Just like, you know, earlier in the show, you guys said that's a deterrent, and it certainly was. I mean... Nobody wanted to go to segregation for 720 days, so the staff assaults were the serious, very serious ones were few and far between. But here lately, we've had quite a few. My- I know personally, a sergeant that hasn't returned to work yet, I won't mention him by name, but he's not re- been returned to work. Well, actually, two now, because the other one that got cut up the other week, um, you know, they're short staffed. There's, it's open season, really. I'm, if somebody says that it isn't, I'll contest that they are wrong, and it's it's terrible. It's, well, I was staff the the overtime budget is out of control. Yeah, what what you mentioned to me yesterday? Some some figures. What what was what was the overtime? Well, overtime is normally one hundred and twenty thousand. You said can, can can go three times as high as that sometimes or something like that. Oh yeah, I I mean, have some of your I mean through the. Uh, Uh, press release or uh, Freedom of Information Act, we could probably get that through them, but I know that overtime budgets, it's killed every year. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, so- sources are telling me that, um, you, since you're talking about staffing levels with, with corrections officers, sources have told me that GOM was was in a situation in the uh, industrial area, the uh, industry area where, the, where there's, you know, the metal shops, woodworking shops, and that... Uh, the foreman of MinCor, the program that operates these programs, it wasn't there. It was on vacation. So essentially, GOM very well most likely was on his own with 30 or 40 inmates up there with, you know, around things that they can fashion into tools. And does that then speak to what you're talking about with staffing levels? I mean, what, what, I, I don't know. I don't know. He should, have, he should have never been up there with all those inmates by himself. And then I also read that there's some reports out there that, you know, three other inmates block the door to responding staff. Now, well, how are they going to deal with them, giving them 90 days in SIG? I think they should be charged in a court of law with, you know, and for murder, quite frankly, because they participated in it as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, the staffing levels are, are terrible. So in other parts of the in other parts of the prison would it, would you ever have an officer by himself with that many inmates around if, if there were 30 or 40 inmates and just officer gone would that happen anywhere else other than the industry area Um trying to think well no not that I can think of and I know that I also read a report out there that there were no security cameras in that building and in this day and age of of you know electronics why that that's there's no excuse that every square inch of a prison is an under camera view and and a place I, like I, a place like Oak Park Heights, where you were as a supervisor, would you ever have an a, a, an officer alone with inmates, thirty, forty inmates at a time? Um, no, but we've had you know maybe two officers handle that many, and it, there are times when it gets very scary. Even and with two of them, yeah. And when, I'll be quite frank. Sometimes we luck out, and you know nothing happens, and you have to. You know, thank the good Lord above that nothing did happen. You know, and that happened quite quite often. I know we don't. I know Sometimes we don't. We, I know we don't know all the facts. But in your opinion, do you suspect in the end 
it's going to be concluded that Officer Gom's death could have been prevented? It should very well be, because it could be. It could have been prevented. Absolutely, it could have been prevented. And it's a tragic, tragic loss, a homicide, because we want to make MinCor run. And, you know, it's at, the, at Oak Park, it's the same thing with Canteen. Got to have Canteen running. You know, we'll pull them from a shoe unit if we have to, but it's got to run, by God. they got to make their money. Well, I know, I know. And how much is an officer's life worth now, I guess? You know, to me, it's, it's, there is no price. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on for our, you know, this whole, you know, two segments. And I know it's the first time you've talked, like I said, publicly about it, Robert, and, uh, I appreciate it. Um, Hey, best of luck moving forward. Sorry for your loss, man. You know, I'll be in touch and, and we'll go from here and, um, you know, better days ahead. Okay, man. Yeah, well, thanks for giving us a platform, Jay, to have, number one. Yeah. And for, uh, you know, just giving us the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. all my correctional brothers and sisters out there, stay strong. We got you. Okay, Robert. Thanks for doing the interview. No problem. Thanks. I'll be in touch. Robert Uren, uh, lieutenant, retired now, Oak Park Heights, uh, corrections officer. Seen a lot, been through a lot. Um, Speaking out for the first time about what he says is a flawed system for these for these corrections officers and and he had talked to me months ago too privately and said i'm worried somebody's gonna end up dead jay i mean he you know just like the interview i had on tv and yesterday he also texted me and said this is what we've been telling you unfortunate sad terribly sad do you think this will change anything because obviously it has their attention. And now obviously with uh, guys like Robert talking, you doing uh, uh, news pieces and yeah. talking about it on the radio where you're filling in, it's bringing awareness. I didn't know this. I don't want, yeah. I don't want the guy that, that jumps or, or clubs a, a, a guard. I want the solitary for give him something he doesn't want. You're right. Like Robert said, 90 days, they could do that standing on their head. Yeah, and the whole idea is, you know, these guys are, and ladies too, there's women there too, they're the front line to keep them behind bars for us. Right. So you want to give them every opportunity to feel safe and be safe. And whatever that is, they, it's, in my opinion, you should listen to the corrections officers who are doing it every day. And whatever they tell you as Not a manager, this is what I need. As a manager, you got to go get it to them because they know what's going to keep them safe, correct? I mean, you, yep. you, 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 and you and I don't want to go do that job. I don't have the guts or the courage or the heart I to go do be, that uh, job. I, I don't have the pair. <laughs> no. I don't have the brass pair. Let's put it that way. Correct. Neither yeah. do I. Right. So um, thanks to Robert for that. Um, and we'll be right back. We are going to return. That's Jay Coles filling in for the mayor today. But we've got Bruce Vale with the Your Money Now report, courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. And what do you got? Good news, bad news? Call yeah, me, Bruce. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, we are about to uh, break a winning streak for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It has closed higher five straight days. It will close lower today. It's down 115 points. The NASDAQ Composite down 31. And the S&P 500 is off 10 points as investors digest another round of earnings reports. Wells Fargo is in the process of refunding tens of millions of dollars for products ranging from pet insurance to legal services that were added to hundreds of thousands of customers' accounts without their full understanding. The Wall Street Journal says the bank for years charged monthly fees to customers for dozens of so-called add-on products that they didn't understand, want, or know how to use.
Your next smartphone might look like wood, marble, or even snakeskin. Corning has introduced its newest generation of Gorilla Glass, which combines printed images with etched glass that is designed to mimic the feel of different textures. Gorilla Glass 6 also comes with the usual upgrades in scratch and impact resistance. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, B. We'll talk to you in an hour. That was uh, okay. You passed. That was better news than I thought. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. No, we try. You got to talk it up next hour. Could be worse. See you, bud. Thanks. Hey, we're looking for some fifteen hundred ESPN hosts, and we want them one hundred percent natural. Auditions are now being accepted for fifteen hundred ESPN Sportscaster Idol. Get us your best local sports take in a two to four minute video or audio file. Submit it to the Sportscaster Idol page on our website. Submissions accepted through Sunday, July 29th, and the field will be narrowed down to the top 10. Winners are going to receive their own Sunday morning show for one year. Click on the Sportscaster Idol banner at the 1500 ESPN homepage for all the details. Check it out. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8. Jay Cole's in for the mayor today from Channel 5. Uh, Johnny Hyde in the newsroom, and I'm only a minute late. This so is impressive. This yeah. is incredible. <laughs> Here you go. Only a minute and a half late. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, the 2.30 news at 2.31. It's cloudy and 71 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins off until Friday. Uh, we did find out today Miguel Sano will be back to doing his daily workout routine tomorrow at Fort Myers. He had left the Miracle last Sunday to go home because of an illness in his family. Uh, one of the Twins known as Royce Lewis climbs the Twins organization ladder. He's continued to climb up lists of baseball's top prospects, too. Uh, Lewis, uh, overall the number one pick in the 2017 draft, broke into Baseball America's midseason top 10 earlier this week. And today, ESPN.com's prospect evaluator Keith Law rated the shortstop as the 11th best prospect in the game, up from number 25 in his preseason rankings. At the British Open, Kevin Kisner is in the lead at 5-under. Uh, Xander Lombard, 4-under. Eric Van Royen is at 4-under. Eric, uh, he's a South African, but he uh, is also a gopher. Went to school oh, Stevens, really? Went to the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And Tony Finau is at 4-under also, so 3-tied for second. I'm but, guessing none of those guys right there will be anywhere near the top of the leaderboard by Sunday. Yeah. That's how, you, with the Open, it usually goes that yeah. way. Very rare is it from wire to wire. Goes that way with a lot of turns. Yes, especially <laughs> this one. Uh, news notes from today. The Dakota County Sheriff's Office confirms a suspect is in custody after an officer involved shooting in South St. Paul. The Sheriff's Office said an officer is uh, is injured but was speaking to a dispatcher on the radio. They released the following statement, the police that is. At this time, the incident is contained. There is no immediate danger to the community. There will be a press conference at 3 p.m. at the South St. Paul City Hall City Council Chambers. Uh, during the incident, one officer shot, they say, while dealing with a routine service call, received non-life-threatening injuries. Currently in the hospital getting treatment. The suspect taken into custody uninjured. And uh, as I said, they'll have that press conference at 3 with more info. And you know what's interesting about the, that, the non-life-threatening injury part mm-hmm. of it? I told you the officers will tell me privately. Well, yeah, in the end, it turned out to be non-life-threatening when I got shot in the shoulder. But I'll tell you this, he was trying to kill me. It was a threat to my life. Right. (laughs) 
A bicyclist injured this morning after being hit by a vehicle in Minneapolis, according to police. John Elder with the police department said it happened about 11 this morning at Southeast Huron Boulevard and Fulton Street Southeast. Elder said a bicyclist southbound on Southeast Huron and was preparing to turn into an apartment complex. While turning, the bicyclist went into the path of a northbound vehicle. The bicyclist tried to lay down the bike to avoid the collision. However, the rider was hit by the vehicle. Elder added the bicyclist taken to Hennepin Healthcare and is in what he called grave condition. President Trump said today he's not thrilled with the Federal Reserve for raising interest rates, breaking with tradition to avoid criticizing the Fed. Trump told CNBC he's worried the central bank's policies will interfere with an economic recovery. He said, I don't really, I am not happy about it. Even though he's frustrated, the president said he's letting them do what they feel is best. He also called Jerome Powell, whom Trump nominated to lead the Fed, a very good man. The U.S. dollar lost ground against rival currencies following his comments. Presidents have historically avoided criticizing the Fed, which is designed to be independent from political interference. You know, one thing I have noticed covering the uh, watching this presidency from the newsroom, mm-hmm. there's been a few times where he has said on one day, so-and-so is a very good man. <laughs> And then, and then, not too much longer, the very good man's not around anymore. Yeah. So if I'm, the, if I'm the head of the Fed, I, just, I heard the president say, he's a, good, he's a good man. I'd be like, oh, man, I got to get the resume ready. When he gives you when he gives you his word, it's only like for twenty four. He only guarantees that for about twenty four hours. Right. It's not like if I give you my word, it's it's, it's, it's in perpetuity, right? It's, uh, it's He's like, a good man for for now. It's like the old general manager giving the vote of confidence to the current manager, and yes, then the next exactly. day, the next day, right. yeah. exactly. Health, uh, health experts are saying the Great Recession continues to take a grim toll. Since 2009, a growing number of Americans have died from liver cancer and liver disease. The increase among 25 to 34-year-olds is especially troubling, they say, because the deaths are due to cirrhosis, a disease caused by excessive drinking. Researchers suspect the economic downturn in 2008 prompted people to comfort themselves with alcohol. What was the age group again? 25 to 34. When I had my gallbladder taken out last year, wait. That's almost the year anniversary. Tomorrow, I think, is the oh, one year anniversary, anniversary of me That's rolling exciting. around. On the, <laughs> that is uh, exciting. I, they, uh, I had them hey, do me a favor and check everything out for me, will you please? And they, uh, not, that 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 I concerned, no. not that I was concerned. No. Not that I was concerned. Not with your lifestyle. How were uh, those liver points? <laughs> everything okay there? Yeah, how'd, you, how'd you score? High score. I, I mean, uh, clear. Oh, oh, clear. oh, oh I, thought, man, I thought you were saying you put it through the uprights and you, you were, okay, I got you. No, it was, no, uh, okay. it was uh, the, the numbers were good, they said. So yeah. I said, okay. Now, how, so did you, how did you go in and manipulate this before the numbers came? How'd you get to the computer I show. didn't hack in. There is no way. I would tell you, I didn't hack in, but I, I looked over at my wife and went, gave her the big smile and the nod, like, we're still, uh, we're okay. Lead researcher, Dr. Elliot Tapper. Oh, you yeah. know, the fact that you'd have to even question whether your liver yeah, is really shriveling is. up. <laughs> that is cause for some concern, right? Just a little. Right, right. No. Lead researcher, Dr. Elliot Tapper, said these are deaths of despair. He said it's similar to overdose, uh, overdose deaths from the opioid epidemic. He said in both cases, people are trying to relieve the emotional pain. He cautioned, however, because this is an observational study, it cannot cause, uh, prove, excuse me, cause and effect. Cirrhosis scars the liver, causes damages that can lead to deadly conditions like liver cancer, liver failure, and the most common cause, of course, drinking too much over many years, hepatitis C, or a buildup of excess fat in the liver. 
Young people are dying from alcohol-related cirrhosis. Older people, he says, are dying from liver cancer and not alcoholic fatty liver disease. The reason for that is because people are fatter. (laughs) <laughs> well, I can attest to that personally. Okay, can we just back up for one second on uh-huh. this one? What, my liver again? What? No, well, that's already, <laughs> oof, yeah. huh? Like a prune, <laughs> shriveled right up. So he, oh, we go through the whole thing, right? Uh huh. Twenty-five, thirty-four. Problems with drinking in their liver, not good. Uh, depressed to the economy. Uh-huh. Everything's the, just the, the bottom has fallen out. And then all of a sudden, well, this is just an observational study. We really, we really can't say there's any cause and effect in this. (laughs) Well, then what? (laughs) Then what are we (laughs) doing? Then what are we doing here? So you just gave me all this great information there, doctor. And then at the very end of you went, yeah, but I really can't tell you it's backed up by any kind of empirical empirical study. Okay, so just run with it, even though it means nothing. What a knothead! Not you, the doctor. (laughs) The uh, The knothead sitting next to you over there, to, to your left. No, oh, damn it! Who are you talking to? Talking about Reavers to the left of Beyonce to the left of me. That'd be Rook. <laughs> right. I can take it because he, he likes it. Roy Smiley. Right. He likes, he uh, likes uh, Roy Smiley best. Well, I love him. Roy Smiley as a fill-in. My favorite. Yeah, the whole hey, favorite. Jay, you're pretty. Okay, yeah. we think wow. you're pretty. I just don't have as big a hair. That's what. No, the you do not have good right. hair. Like I don't love Roy hair. Smiley. He's got the good hair. Yeah. yeah, I embarrassed myself in a bar once. I ran into Roy and told him how great his hair was. Chris was there. Chris oh, was yeah. sitting right beside. Did you really? Sure was. <laughs> well, okay. Did the old slide away from the newsman? Okay. I'm, we were just. A, I'm going to leave you two alone. Yeah. yeah. The uh, home that served as the exterior. You were, in your defense, though, John. You were really loaded. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for yeah. <laughs> everybody else. To make that well, this was, uh, Johnny, some of your personal life now is very public. This very was, public. This was our it was trip. a staff outing. It was our, our trip to Brainerd when yeah. we did the radio show. So. And the beauty of it is we always yeah. have a driver because Royce brings us everywhere. Correct. He and is. he almost killed us all making YouTube. <laughs> yeah. He was Rockford. Well, you know, in yeah. Fulda, they got wide streets to practice those <laughs> Hang U-turns. tight. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We got to <laughs> make a U-turn. He made a U-turn and Judd was in the backseat. Judd went, hey, take it easy up there, Rockford. Will you? <laughs> oh, it was great. The, That's uh, awesome. <laughs> the home that served as the exterior of TV's Brady Bunch is up for sale. Rock! Uh, but among those. All right. Eye- that was a cool house. Yeah. It was. Among those eyeing the property are developers who say they might tear it down. The house is at. No. One- the house is at 11222 Dilling Street in Studio City, California, listed at $1.85 million in the multiple listing service. Just went on the market. It'll be Chip and Joanna. They can uh, get they in come there. In, yeah, Magnolia. Yeah. Come in and flip it or, or change it out. It's two bedrooms, three bathrooms, two master suites, twenty-four uh, over 2,400 square feet. How's the attic? Do they still have those blue bed sheets that uh, Bobby used to have? <laughs> Why do they have to have no, two no, master the, suites? The, see, the, the shots on the inside, Rook, those were studio. It's just oh, the that's out, not the outside. real house. Uh, just the outs. No, they didn't oh. film inside the. Oh. I always thought it was cool because they had those shutters in the kitchen. <laughs> right, you know, where yeah. Alice behind the shutters. Like, I, I was what are you doing, it, Alice? Hey, the meat guy's back. I was <laughs> Sam's back. The meat. Sam's back, the Alice. meat. Sam. Wasn't he the butcher? The Sam. meat. Oh, yeah. the butcher. I thought yeah. it was a metaphor for something else. No, for her. the meat guy. The meat guy. Yeah. So <laughs> the meat. Me and Alice. Guy. They had a thing. Hey, I tell you, for dinner. Can I tell you? Can I tell you, Desperados? Something. What? I'm gonna tell you right now. I know nothing of what you're talking about right the now. The Brady Bunch? I hated that show. Why? Wow. I never watched a oh, full episode. You were totally Greg Brady, too. 
I don't. What does that okay, mean? Okay, it doesn't mean anything. No, okay. doesn't mean a thing to me. With his mom, I was I, in well, love with Marsha. I'm the same <laughs> age as Maureen McCormick, so I was in love with her. Okay, yeah. I never watched. I couldn't. I never watched the whole episode ever. I couldn't. Whatever you guys are talking about, Blue Sheets, Master Suites. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Hazel the Maid. I don't know anything. Uh, about. Hazel is a different show. Yeah. Alice. Oh, I'm sorry, Alice. Okay, and then there the you go. UFO scene in the backyard. <laughs> this sounds like a riveting television program. What did I? What did I miss? Because I honestly, never, I couldn't stand the show. Even the opening. Uh, there once a was a lady, yeah, yeah. a lovely lady. Oh, 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 oh up and- I, I couldn't run to the TV best before when we no clickers. I had to right. run to the TV. Yeah, you had to change it. Yeah, I could change the knob. I hate it, and I hated the look of Hazel. I didn't like her look no, at all. Alice, not Hazel. Hazel was a different show. Seriously? Yeah. I thought she was making fun of me. Hazel. Hazel. Oh, Hazel. oh, you're right. And B. Davis you're was out. Right. Hazel, Hazel was, was in the late I, 50s, I'm, early 60s. Okay, see, and I yeah. was born in 60, but you're right. Okay, now I'm, I thought you were just giving me grief. No. Okay, Hazel, or Alice, I mean. Alice. Yeah. A- Alice. Holy I hate it. Al- <laughs> I hate it. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little time. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. What did I do now? Had a relationship with a tree, Joseph Shray. And I don't think I have either. I like trees. No relationships. Uh, Jay Cole's filling in from Channel 5. And my good friend, well, at least I like to call him my good friend. I don't know if he feels the same way. You're a tree hugger. You're a tree hugger. <laughs> yeah, of course I am, Dave. Yeah, that big willow tree. Uh, big, wi- big willow tree hugger. National champion black willow in my yard. Nice. Largest black willow tree in the nation. Certified by the U.S. Forest Service. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'll show you a photo of it, Dave. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's uh, 96 feet tall and 36 feet in circumference. So try to avoid him, Dave. Try yeah. to avoid him in the next couple hours. <laughs> 36 feet in circumference. Wow. 36 feet around. And Dave. Yes, sir. The Department of Natural Resources here in Minnesota had to come out and measure it, and they looked at me and go, well, yeah, no, this is certainly a state record. Uh, you got a big tree. we got to send so it out. Pretty exciting we... over at the Marina and St. Craig. Marina and came Saint out Cor- there No, wait, wait, just a minute. I got a measure. I'm not done. I'm not done. Goes out to the U.S. Forest Service. The, the guy Jay, when they came out to the measure, way, did the did the head person say, you know, size doesn't matter, Jay? So don't yeah. be, <laughs> don't worry, don't feel the, insufficient. It was the same tape measure they used to measure rookie's head with. Wow. It was the Whoa. same one. Oh, so that's a low blow. All right, now just yes. a minute. Now let okay. me just finish real quick. It's not that funny, but it's kind of funny if you knew the guy. It's pretty the ar- interesting. Though. The arborist in Marina on Saint Croix was very excited about this, and when the U.S. Forest Service said, "You guys are the national champions," the arborist guy turns to me and goes, "Jay, we." We just kicked New Hampshire's ass. Because <laughs> New Hampshire. Right, I'm like, was, okay, I'm pretty excited. Well, it's good to be excited about that, yeah, though. I'll give, I'll give you that. About that. All right, I'm sorry. Nice. Dave, well, I, I just seconds. delayed it all, Dave. Let's, let's hope some big wind doesn't blow that tree down. You it know? ain't going anywhere, I'll tell you That's that. That's good. There yeah. are some thunderstorms right now in the southern part of the state. They have produced a few funnel clouds. These are the kind of funnels that don't uh, are very rarely touched down. And if they do, they rarely produce any damage. So not really a severe threat, but, uh, you know, something worth watching as these thunders showers kind of move eastward right across the iowa minnesota border uh, staying away from the twin cities we'll get some showers maybe even a thunder shower or two this evening uh, got a little bit of a break right now but that should redevelop after about 6 p.m tonight 65 for the low tomorrow some morning showers give way to partly sunny skies late in the day 78 for the high tomorrow then 82 on saturday 84 on sunday just an absolutely perfect weekend low humidity 
and quite a bit of sunshine. It will be a little breezy on Saturday, but other than that, just a, a really nice weekend shaping up. So Next, that so it's that one weekend of the summer, Dave. You got it. This, this is the one. <laughs> this the way is it appears the one. right now. Partly cloudy skies. Then on Monday, with chance of some thunder returning. Still in the 80s for highs early next week. And speaking of records. Yes. Right now we're at 71 and the records of the day. Mm-hmm. 100 on this date. Oof. A couple of years here. 1940 and 1977. Okay. You were here for both. Yeah. And, and then 46 <laughs> in 1873, which you uh, were here I was for. Yeah, right. I deserve that, didn't All I? All right. <laughs> hey, Dave, thank you much. Thank you, Dave. Um, Thanks, bro. So there you go. Uh, do you want me to... What do you want me to... Do we, do we just take a 50 break? I never, this is where I get uh, all well, messed it's, it's up. Kinda, I get all messed if, up. If you have something to say for a moment or two, we'll take a break in a couple minutes. No, no, no. Let's take it now. Okay. We do How it about now some more then? info on that tree? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I, I've got it for you. Okay, I'm almost done. I got to go back downstairs to Channel 5. I can't hang with the ride with Royce like I, I normally do. So I'm out of here. You should do that. Jay Cole's from Channel 5. Thanks for all your help, Brooke, and everybody else. Reavers, Johnny Height. Uh, quick question. Uh, Matt, or excuse me, Jeff from Brooklyn Park, he wrote this to you. He wanted to know, the prisoner who killed the guard, would he have gotten out in four years? Is that true? It is true. What was an anticipated release date of 2022? Okay. He was sentenced to 2033, but it, with good behavior and everything else, he could have got out. And yes, he will likely face a murder trial if there is enough evidence to charge him in the officer's death. So even though you're behind bars, if you kill somebody or commit a higher level offense than what you're in for, even an equal level, if you're in for murder, they will uh, present a case to the county attorney. You will be charged. He was in for second degree homicide, scheduled to get out in 2022, sentenced for till 2033, but now he will face probably oh. intentional homicide. In, okay, in, but let me ask you this. So he'll be he'll be transferred over to Supermax, to Oak Park yeah, Heights. That's where he is now, yep. And because of his... Is he going to be part of that ninety-day program, or is he going to be with this with with him being busted like this? Is he going to be well? Your very good question. Really? No, seriously, have to good take question. a look at that, huh? He, he'll he'll go in for what most likely, and just based on what the we Department of Corrections is, yeah. they have told me how they handle it for something this serious. It would be okay. You got two years in, in you've got two years for you in solitary, right? Mm-hmm. In segregation, yeah. but. In 90 days, if you're wow. good and you're making progress. He already did the bad. Uh, it, Screw him. That's that's what I say. He already that, did the bad that covers him for the next two years. Screw him. Under their under their program and their protocol, the way it's handled. Now, they haven't had a death, right? So maybe right. that changes it, but I don't. But Hopefully there's a loophole that says if you kill a yeah, correct. Uh, prison guard, it, you're done. All bets are off. Right. But if we go just by the letter of the policy... Then a very good question, because yes, it would be 90 days, and if he's doing his thing and he's responding to counseling and understanding what he did and, and working toward getting better, then in that 90 days, you know, temporarily out of SAG, you know, you get some privileges back, you get a little more time outside the cell. And then after that 90 days, he could be out completely in, in, uh, from segregation. Wow. But again, I, the first time in the history of the state that somebody's been, you know, murdered like that, so... I, you know, do they change it? I, I suppose the Department of uh, Corrections Commissioner... You could come in the next day and go. We change. We're changing the policy. Right. Change, if and it, then and then it's different, right? So has the governor uh, chimed? I suppose it's done too soon. Yeah, governor I don't. Hasn't I, chimed yeah, in no. Uh. Uh-uh. So, I mean, he obviously going to express sadness to the family, which he should do and would do because he's a compassionate guy. But right. now, the other part of the compassion's got to be you have to change this because you have oh. all those innocent 
We got an email talking about, it was an anonymous email talking about um, uh, Joe. What a good guy. Gom, what a good guy Gom, he was. Yeah. Officer yeah. Gom, he was a, and he didn't, he, tre- he treated the uh, the inmates, you know, with respect. He Correct. wasn't a, a, a hard-ass, tough guy, that kind of stuff. Most and, the, most of those officers do. Um, they'll tell you they have good relationships with the inmates. You know, that they understand why they're there. They don't mind, might not like it, but they also understand the guards are there to keep them safe as well from right. the other inmates. Right. So the, gangs it, or the, yeah. the guy that has the, yeah. the razor blade yep. who's swiping and yep. So so they kind of have respect for the guards too. Well, not all cases, obviously. But so tonight at nine o'clock on forty five TV and at ten on Channel Five, mm-hmm. I'm working with my colleague Ryan Raish. He's the reporter who's going to be doing the story tonight. I'm working with my sources to help him get more information. But they're going to look at this issue of was Officer Gom put in a bad position? Could he have possibly? Could it have been avoided? In other words, you know, was he in a spot where he shouldn't have been and needed more help? So, right. Jay Coles from Channel 5. Rook again, thanks. Uh, Ride with Roycey is coming your way. Right after just, sports talk. Right after 1500 sports. 1500 ESPN is I'm KSTP sorry. St. Ride Paul, is after sports Minneapolis. Talk.